0: on the field and inside the clubhouse this is brewers extra innings now broadcasting live from american family field here's
1: matt Balling. that's
2: a good solid win for the brewers today they open up the home portion of their schedule with a five-one win against St. Louis, welcome into the program, everybody. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from American Family Field. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, will join us momentarily once he wraps up his TV duties. After the Brewers get a good win today uh, over the uh, over the St. Louis Cardinals by a five-one score, so the Brewers get above five hundred for the first time this year with their win yesterday against Baltimore. They were able to go five hundred on the season-opening road trip and now they are 4-3 and three as they hand Cardinals just their second loss of the season. If you want to join us, there's multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or you can text into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So uh, lots of ways to uh, get connected as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers after they get a nice win today a couple things really jump out at me about this perform this this game and multiple performances uh, across the board i think the first thing you look at is what brandon woodruff was able to do five innings gives up just three hits does not give up a run two strikeouts one walk now uh, he was speaking with the media just a little while ago. I heard some of it. It sounded like he was saying that this is one of these days where he really had to pitch and not just throw. And what that means is maybe still everything wasn't quite working for him. And I think you can find that when you start to uh, dive into the numbers a little bit, especially with that four seam fastball. He only got, and that's not a big swing and miss pitch, but you want to get at least some swing and misses on it, a little bit more than what he got today. He got 16 swings against. The, four, uh, against the four-seam against the fastball today, and he only got three swings and misses. So 13 of the 16 times contact ends up being made uh, on that fastball. And I think he'd like that to be a little bit better. Again, that's not the big strikeout pitch for him uh, when you look at the the pitch that he was able to get a few more swings and misses on, it was the change-up of the ten swings that he got against the change-up today. Five of them were swings and misses, so that pitch seemed to be uh, rather effective for him today, and he was throwing it for strikes as well, um, as he ends up throwing it 77% of the time for strikes. So there's a, there's a lot of good things that happened there. Threw his sinker a lot of times for uh, strikes as well, but he wasn't getting the swings and misses. So it was not a big strikeout day for Woodruff. That's kind of, you know, we can... We can get stuck in the numbers sometimes, and there's so many numbers, and that's a lot of fun for me, like I, those numbers that I just throw at you and uh, the usage that you get from pitchers, I sit during games and just kind of watch that and see the trends and the trajectories that are that are happening uh, during the game, and we can certainly find that uh, with Brandon Woodruff, to be sure bottom line is at the end of the day he goes out and he throws five scoreless innings and that's the most important thing especially after he uh, had a hard time uh, in his first start and fastball command that's something that we talk about so much with him more important than getting swings and misses on the fastball it's locating the fastball and not a not a fantastically awesome number but an okay number. He throws the four-seam fastball for a strike sixty-eight percent of the time today. So he'll take that. That will play. Uh, not going to get too uh, terribly worried about that. That's uh, so overall pretty good day. Real good day for uh, Brandon Woodruff, and obviously a step forward. When we're talking the first month of the season, especially when it comes to pitchers, and especially this season in particular when you're coming off the shortened spring training. It's in many ways it's watching the incremental progress from one start to the next start and we saw that with Corbin Burns, and now we've seen that with Brandon Woodruff, and I think that's a really important thing for uh, for this team. So uh, that's, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing all the way around. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, let's go to our first text of the program. Doug texting in says, uh, this is how good the pitching is. Scoring only three runs a game, and they are a game above 500. Most teams would probably be one and six. Uh, when is Urias coming back? Second best hitter last year. Get some production from third base. Okay, so a couple things in there. Um, you know, I, they've been shut out twice, so. The overall run scoring numbers. It's so early on in the season. The overall run scoring numbers. I, I don't think are indicative of the kind of offensive club they are. And I'm, I'm not trying to spin numbers here. I'm not trying to. Um, not, not trying. Yeah. You. You get rid of stats from losses and the the stats are going to get better, right? You generally, uh, the games that you don't play well tend to be losses. Not all the time, but most of the time. And if you get rid of that 9 nothing loss that they had against the Cubs, and you get rid of the 2 nothing loss that they had against Baltimore, in the other games that they've played this year, they have scored 4, 5, 5, and 4 runs. So they have scored... At least four runs in every game that they've scored. At least one run. How about that for spinning numbers? I am, I'm going strong on that. Uh, but yeah, of the of the four games, and, and it's, I, I didn't even mention today's game. So uh, in today's game, they end up uh, with the win. They score five runs. So they have scored at least four runs in every game that they have scored, and they've got two shutouts in there. So the the idea that they could easily be um, they could easily be one and six. Eh, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I would take issue with that, Doug. I, I don't think they... I, I I see where you're going, especially when it comes to the last two games of the Baltimore series. I mean, Baltimore obviously had opportunities yesterday and the day before, but that's why you have pitching, right? That, pitchers are supposed to go out there and prevent runs. That's their job. And this team is largely built around pitching. So we can go into any close game and say, oh, they could have easily lost that game. Well, they didn't. And there's a reason they didn't, and that reason is because uh, people were able to uh, perform. So uh, I would take slight issue with uh, with the way you characterize. They could easily be uh, one and six. As far as when Urias is going to uh, come back, that's not really clear at this point. He had a little bit of a setback recently uh, trying to come back uh Later on this month, to me, seems somewhat unlikely. I would say early May is probably uh, when they're going to uh, end up being able to get him back. Jace Peterson has done a, a respectable job. Mike uh, Brasso has done a respectable job over there at third base. You know, you look at what Peterson was able to do today. One for two. He uh, draws a couple walks in there as well. He scores a run. Uh, so uh, he he he's contributing. He's adding. He's the number nine hitter. And uh, yes, could they score more runs with Luis Urias if he's putting up the kind of numbers that he put up last year? If the production is the same as last year, yeah, obviously that's going to be a good thing for this team from an offensive perspective. But does that, uh, we, again, I've, I said this all off-season long, and I don't know how many of you listen to uh, the Brewers Weekly Show we do on Thursday nights, or a gratuitous plug for my Brewers x podcast, which uh, 12 months a year releases on Sunday nights into uh, Monday mornings at uh, WTMJ.com and wherever you happen to listen to your podcast. All year, the, throughout the entire off season, I talked about the fact that I was concerned about the Brewers' production that they were going to uh, potentially get uh, at the corner infield spots. I wasn't sold on Rowdy Tellez, and I wasn't sold on Luis Urias because, uh, from a track record standpoint, Urias had a really good season last year. Can he do it again? And Rowdy Tellez, we, we really didn't know what he could do when given a full season. So, uh, all the way around. They they're getting production right now from Teles. They're getting enough production from whoever's playing third, and we'll see how much Luis Urias is able to add to that production once he is able to return. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and text line. You can tweet into the program as well. Let's grab Sparky in Madison who's given us a call. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ.
1: Okay, Matt. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. This will be short and quick. I was basically looking at the Brewer's schedule here the other night, and 26 of their last 39 games are home games, and 20 of their last 26 are home games. Uh, that's a real advantage for the Brewers, and you know, if they can stay healthy, uh, play consistent ball going into September, uh, You know, I don't know what their schedule is like for some of the other contenders, but that's I don't think the Brewers have ever had a schedule that favorable in September for home games. So I think that's something to kinda of keep keep in mind as we progress during this season. So I just thought I'd throw those numbers at you and see what you thought of those.
2: Yes, Mark, yeah, I appreciate it and you know, a couple of years ago and I I don't I haven't seen the September schedule. I don't have it right in front of me. There was the year that Uh, They had just about every Thursday off in September, and that really helped them from a pitching standpoint. Uh, When I'm looking at the schedule in September, I'm looking more at how many off days there are than who they're playing, and maybe that's a flawed way to look at it. But that's my first thing I look at when it comes down the stretch because I want the team to be able to really set themselves up for their stretch run, and I feel like you do that uh, with the off days. Here's the one thing I will say, and I'm not – I'm not counting chickens before they hatch. I'm not, uh, and it's going to sound like I am. And, and I just hope you really hear what I'm saying. It shouldn't matter what their schedule is down the stretch. There's now an expanded playoff. They are clearly the best team in the NL Central. It shouldn't matter who they're playing down to the stretch of the season. It just it shouldn't now. I say they're clearly the best team in the NL Central. That's not me trying to dismiss the St. Louis team. I like this Cardinals team. I think especially from an offensive standpoint, they are a good run-scoring unit. I question their pitching. Jack Flaherty can't stay healthy. They did not have a good first performance from uh, Steven Matz. Uh, Miles Michaelis has had pitching issues uh, throughout, or excuse me, uh, health issues throughout uh, his career. Uh, Adam Wainwright, as much as you respect what he continues to do, you also look at how old he is and you wonder at some point in time is he not going to be able to keep up the level of consistency that we've seen from him in recent years. But from a run scoring standpoint, I think the Cardinals are a really, really good team. and You you can't look past those two guys in the middle of order with Goldschmidt and Arnato So I, it's not that the Cardinals are a pushover by any stretch of the mind. I think the Cardinals are going to be a playoff team as well. I think the Central will get two playoff teams this year, and it's going to be the Brewers and the Cardinals. I just, maybe it's more of a race than I expect it to be, and down the stretch, the, the Brewers are going to be fighting for the division championship. Uh, I think it's more than being a playoff team. I think it's more than winning a division. We've seen them do that in recent years. At this point, the conversation has to be connected to can they make a legit World Series run. Can they get to the NLCS? Can they win the NLCS? Can they win the World Series? Can they do those things? It's not automatic. There are really good teams in the National League for sure. You look at the Dodgers but with the Brewers pitching, they are a legitimate championship contender. 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll break for news. We'll come back and have you for another hour. We'll take you all the way till 9 o'clock this evening. Brewers pick up the win in the uh, home opener as they defeat the St. Louis Cardinals. Final score, once again, 5-1. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The 1-1. Curveball lined in
0: the left of base hit. They're going to send Yelich. Here's the throw from Tyler O'Neill. It's
2: cut off. RBI single, Hunter Renfro, 3-0 Brewers. To go on to win by a 5-1 score over the Cardinals today, Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Craig Sean from Valley Sports Wisconsin here as well. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Ancunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. Uh, Christine in DeForest asks what we are most looking forward to this season with this team. And, Craig, for me, I think I'm looking forward to watching – this team deal with the expectations that have been placed upon them. I said this earlier. Like I'm not winning the division, getting into the playoffs, those are all accomplishments, and I'm not gonna if those things do happen this year, I'm not going to dismiss those accomplishments. They are still something in a 162 game season that's worth something. But to me it feels like the expectations of this team are are bigger. They've got to have a little bit of a playoff run in them. They've got to be a team that we continue to view as a legitimate World Series contender. So I think watching this team deal with those expectations and how they play throughout the year is probably the thing I'm looking forward to. No, and
3: it, I, I I see your point on that. Um, and I, I would say from the outside, there's not a ton of expectations for this team because no one's talking about them on the outside of, of this state, of this city. They're still talking about everybody else around baseball. They'd still talk about the Cardinals ahead of the Brewers. Um, but I think they have expectations, and I think you're right. They're the ones that have to live up to those. I would dial it in for myself as far as you know what I think needs to happen. I, I think this team, as good as it is, I think there are so many talented players on this team that can still take uh, and grow in, in bigger steps with their careers, even even all the way down to Kristen Yelich. I mean, he can have much better year than he had the last two. We all get that. But he was an MVP at one time, and he still should be a candidate to be one before his career is over, I think, because he's still young enough. Hunter Renfro here, we haven't seen him yet, but he has a lot of potential to really grow into maybe a 30-home-run guy. Um Things like that to me i like I like to see um willie Adamas, same thing he's only twenty six years old and and the entire pitching staff still young enough where they can all continue to take steps into some stellar careers. I want to see all that growth this mm. year because I think that can lead to some really special things. You
2: talk about the outside expectations. Look, outside expectations and outside being talked about and what odds makers say are two different things. Sometimes they intersect and they're very similar, but sometimes they're not. I do think it's interesting. The good folks in Las Vegas have the Brewers with the eighth best odds to win the World Series this year. Only the Dodgers, Blue Jays, White Sox, Astros, Braves, Yankees and Mets have better odds than the Brewers. So I feel like that's, at least from a Las Vegas perspective, that's a certain level of respect for this club. See, I don't see it that way. Eighth? Do you think they're the eighth best team in baseball? When I say legitimate World Series contender, I'm talking about a team that can get to the World Series. And when we break these down a little bit, only the Dodgers Braves and Mets and I would put them in front of the Mets I think that would be I the Mets have got to show me something I know they went out and spent gobs and gobs and gobs of money but they're very good I, I totally at, agree at underachieving that. so I would if I was looking at this just from a National League perspective I would probably put uh, I'd probably be a little bit upset about the Brewers being behind the Mets but I understand the Dodgers being in front of the Brewers and I understand uh, the Braves although I think we'll see we'll see what happens with yeah. the Braves moving forward but they have the third best odds if we get rid of the Mets, you know, in my eyes uh, they should be in front of the Mets, they have the third best odds, I think that's a certain level of respect Well, and let's face it, you got it, those are the teams you have to beat to
3: get there, right. to try to face one of the other four that was mentioned from the American League, I, I just find it interesting that four teams in the American League are still ahead of them in that, I don't know, I, I still say this is going to be the best pitching staff, bar none if they all do what they're supposed to do and, and grow into that next level and stay healthy. And and then I don't know how many more teams you can put ahead of them I get the Dodgers. They're offensively loaded. This team's not offensively loaded, but this team's capable of doing a lot more than what we've seen in the last year or two. That's for sure.
2: And Mark Atanasio talked about today when he was talking about the money stuff. He said Andrew McCutcheon wasn't in the budget, but... For an Andrew McCutcheon, you find eight and a half million dollars, and you sign him. And he has said this before today that there's there's room in the budget for additions. You you don't know. You know. Again, I, I think one of the things, one of the unknowns for this season is how the expanded playoff is going to impact the trade deadline is it going to be that because there's going to be more teams that are continuing for the postseason there's going to be more buyers or is it going to be maybe the opposite of that where all of a sudden being a playoff team maybe isn't worth as much as it was previously where some teams are going to say are we really going to go sell the farm to just get into this first round of the playoffs and then we end up losing in the first round is that really worth it so it's going to be really interesting to watch how teams handle the trade deadline especially those fringe Teams, but the bottom line is, if the Brewers do need to make their team better, they're on record saying they've got it in the budget to do so,
3: and they have in the past. That's the good thing. You you want to have the budget and you want to have the track record, and and they've got both, which is good. And and you would think somehow it would help somewhere along the offense, and and you know, God forbid a major injury. There, they've already had to deal, you know, with uh, uh, Luis Urias being out for this length of time, not knowing when he's going to come back. And, and I think, you know, third base is still kind of a question mark over there in the platoon role. That's, that's not him playing over there, not the guy that was there from, you know, the end of May on and, and really grew into a, uh, quite a player over there at third base. So they're missing that type of talent right now. And, and I still say you lose one of your two catchers the day before the season opener and you know he's gone for 80 games that's unbelievable, and he's yeah. not
2: eligible for the postseason.
3: Well, there there's another trick.
2: So yeah. that's going to be the thing when Severino comes back. Do you even have a spot for him on the roster, exactly. knowing yeah. he can't play in the postseason? Exactly. So I mean, they went out and got Caratini, and and
3: you know they they were bragging about him today. We were talking to a couple of the pitchers down on the field today, and they they can't believe the work ethic, how quickly he's picked things up, and you know it's a it's a feather in his cap for his dedication and. You know he's been around the league long enough, but man, to to go to a team and almost be in—you'd almost consider that catcher spot a platoon role mm-hmm. right now because
2: who are you going to face, lefty, righty, each day? And the other. St- it was an expensive get, though. When you look at the prospect capital that gave correct, up, correct? Yeah, they gave up two top thirty yeah. prospects, guys that have a very good chance of being in the big league. So it's, it was you had to do it in, in no way, shape, or form. Am I uh, denigrating the trade? But that you, the the Severino suspension and the acquisition of Victor Caratini had a cost to this organization. Yeah, there's no doubt in it. You know, it's still going to take.
3: Here, here's the bright side of what we're seeing in the first week now as we go into the second week of the baseball season it's it's only going to get better The communication uh the battery mate uh communication i'm talking about and and how victor's you know going to handle certain pitchers and who's going to be comfortable uh with each other and where they're going to go with this because it is you know this as much as anybody else. It's it's a one two punch that has there has to be a chemistry there.
2: We'll go back to the phones. We've got uh, Connor who's making his way from the ballpark today. Hey, Connor, thanks for calling. You're on WTMJ. Hi, I'm. So Hi. And I'm. I'm eight years old. And
1: I'm nine. Um, I'm from Chicago, and I play baseball at Sheridan Park. My team is called the Brewers. And I'm just driving home from the Brewers game today and I just love watching them up, go up to bat and yeah. It's just really fun playing baseball. The like play K, the song.
2: All right, yeah. Thanks for the calls, guys. I think I think it was Connor, and I think I may have heard Sophie. I think Sophie, Connor, yeah. and Sophie, eight that years that old and nine years old. Is it your daughter? My name daughter's name, name is Sophia. Sophia yeah, yeah, and she uh, she's not quite to the age to be uh, calling Dad on the post game show. She's three. Uh, she could she could talk a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Well, I think uh, I think
3: the brother and sister were um, the youngest we've ever had calling. Maybe, but yeah. They, but the but the life that they have to enjoy baseball is I like that right off the top. And
2: they were much better than our last caller before then. I mean, you they're a ten line. out of ten. You so ain't line. you know, Connor and uh, and Sophie are always allowed. Although they live in Chicago, so that's the uh, that's the strike. Yeah, but they him. like
3: our team, not yep. the teams down there. That's right. And he Can, plays for the Brewers on his little league yeah, team. Connor so plays
2: for the Brewers. So good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. 855-616-1620 <laughs> is the <laughs> at Morgan's talk and text line. I love kids. I really do. That's uh, we, That was awesome. Yeah, we love those kind of calls. Parents? You, well, well fact is, parents, you quit
3: calling and let your kids call. Yeah,
2: your, your kids have better takes than you anyways. Matt
3: and I are kind of on that level anyways,
2: so <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Truth. 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk. At Textline. we're back with more of a moment on WTMJ.
1: Omar Narvaez looking for his first home run of the year. There it is.
2: Maybe. five one brewers get the win over the cardinals to take game one of the four game series i'm matt Polly, craig gashon from Bally sports wisconsin here as well if you want to join us 855-616-1620 the acunet mortgage talk and text line or you can tweet into the program at matt Polly on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air craig Christian Yelich, his overall batting average isn't anything to write home about, but, man, he's hitting the ball hard. It's really fun to watch right now. How about that screamer he had uh, center field? That thing was screaming, so I I really
3: thought it would leave the ballpark uh, the way it uh, ricocheted off, you know, dead center like that. Sometimes you don't know where that ball is, but um, that is really important. Uh, Tim Dillard and I were talking about this, too, on the show uh, on our end about how important it is that last year those would be pop-ups. Yeah. And and now he's he's definitely got the a more level swing a more driving swing here right now. He, he had another long loud out in um, in right center field his last at bat if I'm not mistaken too where actually drove the ball to the warning track. Hopefully these are good signs. Um, but I, I've talked to you about this before. I, I really think the the small steps some might be a little bigger than the next one they're not baby steps but this is the way he i think has this approach set up to hopefully get back to what he should be and and i you know i think we're getting we're going to start seeing something hopefully soon
2: and i don't care about the home runs i, I, just, I don't either yeah, right now hit really doubles. doubles put yeah. put the ball in the yeah. gap put the ball down the line and hit doubles that's that's where you're really going to impact this game this this brewers team wins games on extra base hits and I, I just the home run numbers that he had in his two really good years were nice, but you look at what he did when he was a member of the Marlins. That was a was a little bit different. He mm-hmm. was he was a guy who would go gap to gap, and that's what I want to see from him. I, I agree, and the, I think the other thing too
3: with, with him and what we saw here in uh, in this game today, we saw a lot of two out base hits for runs scored. And those are obviously keys as well. I'm not sure if it was four out of their five that they had today, or three out of their five. But those types of things are—I mean, that's what kills pitchers, opposing pitchers. Um that's, thats what keeps the you know keeps the line moving. Type things. Home runs are nice, and I would take them any day of the week. I loved Omar's, uh, but you know, give me something in the gap
2: too. I'm fine with that. Back to the phones, TJ in Sheboygan. Hey, TJ, you're on WTMJ. <laughs>
1: How's it going? We're just leaving the Brewer game right now. Just wanted to talk about Colton Wong. He's really, really strong during spring training. That triple right at the top of the first got me really excited. Looking looking hopeful for the future here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Colton Wong today, a couple hits. He's hitting two forty. A little bit of a slow start for him there um, in, on the opening uh, road trip. They gave him a day off, and... I I think you can expect out of Colton Wong what you got out of him last year, and if that's what you get out of him, you're in really
3: good shape. Tell you what, this game. Well, let's see. Yesterday in the ninth inning, he had the pinch hit triple uh, with that ninth inning rally the Brewers had. Then for that first at bat today, that was a leadoff triple for him in the first inning against his old uh, buddy Adam Wainwright. And y- you need those uh, you need those type of things to happen from your leadoff guy. Nobody on this team right now is hitting the cover off the ball as far as uh, high batting averages go, but I think we're starting to see some improvement for sure. Um, The one stop that he had, I think, on Puholtz early in the game, where he made that diving uh, stop out in um, uh, short right field, you're thinking to yourself, he threw the ball away. I mean, he saved a single. And then all of a sudden, now he's charged with an error. He makes a great play to stop the ball and then gets charged with an error on the throw to top it off. But usually he makes those plays, because, man, the goal glover.
2: Yeah, you know, that was an interesting scoring decision by Tim O'Driscoll because he made the play. Mm-hmm. Like, if he doesn't make that diving play, it's a base hit all the way. But the play had been made, uh, yet the scoring still went single E4, runner to second. I think you could have made the argument straight, uh, straight air, straight throwing air all the way, because the, the tough part was already done. The play was made. That, if I would have been scoring, that would have been the decision that I would have had a hard time with, uh, because, again, the, the, he was in fine shape to make that out. He had, he, you know, he had the ball, and then he made the mistake. Sure, so you're obviously arguing that the throw... Made the runner safe at first in the
3: first place. Right. So why is that a single? Yeah, got you. That makes sense. Yeah, because it was it should have been made to be honest with you. And you, like I said, you expect that out of a gold glover, and it was a, a rare errant throw but he was in perfect position. He and was. Yeah.
2: Again, if that gets by him, it's a hit yeah. all the way. Yeah. But once you do it, I don't know. I, but the, we
3: all know how fast holes is, he, so he had to rush that.
2: Well, yeah, he tried to steal third earlier <laughs> in the game. <laughs> well, he did.
3: That was that was what was he thinking today? I don't know. Albert, you're 42. And, Slow down. And you've never been fast. You <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You've never been fast. I, I will say, speaking of him, it In my opinion, it's great to see him uh, back with St. Louis. I've said this a couple of times on other shows. It is like Hank Aaron coming back to Milwaukee to play for the Brewers to finish out his career back in the city where it all started. 20 years later, uh, surefire Hall of Famers have done enormous, enormous things on the field and off the field. I think that's a great storyline. and. He's still contributing.
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a hit today, and he had a home run the other day. He's now yeah. twenty home runs from I mean, seven hundred. Hank
3: came back here to play for a non-competing team in nineteen seventy-five. Much different story uh, in this St. Louis team.
2: Maybe it's just his history, and you know, like, we haven't seen him much. But he's been in the American right, League. Like, right. You. You. We have for not half his career. Right. We have not had a front row seat to his skills coming in the backward direction. So it almost feels like it's Albert Pujols from 10 years ago, which it's not. So you see him in the lineup, and you see him coming up to the plate, and it's like Albert Pujols from 2006 is standing there. And and both guys, by
3: the way, returned to their uh, first team, first city anyway. Hank didn't play for the Brewers, obviously. He played for the Braves. But to be the D.H., because Hank was in the National League the whole time. He comes yeah. to play for the Brewers. He's the DH.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's fun. It's fun to see him there. It's and, and good for baseball, good for that team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. That's next as Brewers Extra Innings continues after this here on WTMJ. O2 coming back. And a line drive, deep
0: center field, back Bader, still back over his head and off the top of the fence. Yellow hustling for second, a slide and he's in.
2: Second time in three days that he is bruised. 5-1. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals. They take game one of a four-game series. series will continue tomorrow and Saturday evening, and then wrapping up with an Easter Sunday matinee. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pawley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Manager Craig Council spent some time speaking with the media just a few moments ago. Opened up his thoughts talking about uh, comparing Really, Brandon Woodruff to, to uh, his performance today and why he was so much better than uh, how he performed in his first start of the year.
4: Um. Yeah, I mean, I thought he just he came out and just he had a good first inning, kind of from the first pitch. It, it was um, it was good. Got a little more comfortable, um, and then. He had to work through a really tough third inning, um, where he threw some really quality pitches. Um, they had some good at bats, didn't get didn't get some calls, and he and he just kept making pitches. Um, you know, they they made him work really hard that inning, but to still put up a zero was was impressive. We talk about stuff all the time with pitchers, but that's kind of a sign of a good pitcher, right? When you're not getting the calls, just keep executing and keep going. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's a good pitcher early offense is always good, but was it especially important against these guys? They're always scrapping. Um, you know, we just we just did a good job. You know, it was, it was a little bit of everything. Um, but I thought it was good at bats against Wainwright, really. Just um, of two out hits, just getting guys on. So, um, it was pressure, you know what I mean? We, we, we made him, we, we put pressure on him at the first inning. McCutcheon getting that run in after he, after he, you know, the leadoff triple. And then he did, did some good things to kind of get himself close to getting out of it and, and still putting, still taking a piece of him in that first inning was important. How nice was it to see Omar get going a little bit with his some extra base hits? Yeah, Omar had a great game, um, kind of on all sides of it to me. Um, so it's, you know, you get... I think our lineup's built to be able to get contributions the, the whole way through. Um, so, getting getting some contributions down at the bottom today was good. What you like about Jace's approach? I think he on, on base three separate times. Yeah, I mean, Jace used his legs today, I thought, really well. Um, you know, he played discipline in his legs, which is really why Jace has, you know, become such a solid player. He could, it, you know, beat you in a diff- bunch of different ways. Um, you know, impact the game in a lot of different ways. Um, and he played a nice third base too. I thought it's nice plays at third base. So, a good all-around game, which is what he brings to the table. Craig, how uh, beneficial was Gotts two innings today? Not just for the game, but on the hole? you mean both guys? Um, I mean, I thought Trevor's stuff was pretty darn good. Um, but both guys, you know, we, we were in we weren't in great shape after. Um, you know, with with some of our primary guys after uh, the Baltimore series, and uh, those two guys to cover both of their innings, um, that was important to to kind of put you back on track. And uh, you know, we're looking the bullpen like I've talked about is you know we got a couple guys that we know what know where we're going to put them and when we're going to use them, and then we got some spaces to to earn some earn some roles, and uh, those those are big innings that those guys gave us. And you mentioned Woodruff in the third inning lining, and he showed his frustration there. Yeah. He kept making pitches, and that can be a spot where sometimes a pitcher can let it get away from him a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's some experience, I think, being in those situations before. Um you know, I, th- I think Brandon can tell you about a couple couple of situations uh, that, that, he's, that he's let it get the best of him, um, and that's where ex- that's where experience comes in, um, learning from those situations, and uh, continue to attack and not let the moment, kind of the emotion of the moment, take over. Um, and, he, and he did a really nice job. <laughs>
2: Manager Craig Council, just a few moments ago, speaking with the media, Brewers get the 5-1 win. Again, there are, there are moments in games, Yeah, a lot of times a final score doesn't tell the full story of the game. Sometimes it does. I think today, the true story isn't really told of what happened in this game, because it's a 2 nothing Brewers lead in the third inning, and... Everything, everything is going against Brandon Woodruff. He's facing Paul Goldschmidt. He strikes him out twice and does not get the call on either pitch. And then he gets him out essentially a third time, and there's a catcher's interference, and Goldschmidt gets to, uh, gets to continue. So Goldschmidt got two extra lives at the plate, and then the Cardinals get another life with another hitter coming up to the plate in Tyler O'Neill. You see, I think, I don't know, it'd be hard to uh, really put numbers on this, but it feels like situations like that rarely result with, with the pitcher coming through and working their way out of it and that's what happened today with Brandon Woodruff so we can say all we want about the five scoreless innings from Woodruff and that was that's obviously good and especially compared to what he did in his first start that's a really important step forward but if you want to find the thing to be impressed by, if you want to see the thing that's most notable, it's him working against all that adversity in the third inning and stranding the bases loaded and keeping it a 2 nothing Brewers lead and then what do you you know, the Brewers scored two more runs in that next half inning to give a little bit of breathing room. But it's a if if Goldschmidt gets a hit there, or if O'Neill gets a hit, it might be tied. The Cardinals might have the lead. We're probably talking about a very different game right now. I don't know if the Brewers win or not. There's no way to know. But we're talking about a very different game. Instead, it turned into a game that, not that the Brewers easily won, but that they were kind of able to ease into uh, the victory. And we'll talk more about that coming up later on in the program. Up next, we'll go back to the game with the highlights. Brewers pick up the 5-1 victory against the Cardinals today. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Bolling. A 5-1 win for the Brewers as they open up the series against the Cardinals. Victorious, it would be the Brewers who would strike first. Pitching matchup today. Brandon Woodruff going for the crew. Adam Wainwright on the mound for St. Louis. Wainwright takes the mound in the bottom of the first inning and faces off against his former teammate, Colton Wong. Hit
1: sharply down the right field line. A fair ball into the corner. Colton Wong's going to have at least a double. He's going to try for three. And he'll be in there with a three-bagger to open the game.
2: So he's on at third with nobody out, but then Willie Adamas pops out and Christian Yelich strikes out. So there's two outs. It's not looking quite as good, but Andrew McCutcheon has something to say about that.
1: 1-1 delivery. McCutcheon, a base hit to center. He delivers again colton Wong is in and the brewers have the lead
2: one nothing after the cardinals go down relatively quietly in the top of the second brewers get back on the board in the bottom of the second inning with one out it's omar narvaez at the plate omar narvaez looking for his first home run of the year there it
1: is get up
2: Arguably the biggest inning of the game might have been the top of the third. Harrison Bader leads the inning off of the base hit. Then Yadier Molina singles, so runners on at first and second. Tommy Edmond then comes up to the plate, puts down a bunt. To me, it looked like he was trying to bunt for a base hit, but it does go down as a sacrifice. Runners on at second and third. Dylan Carlson then uh, grounds out when he didn't really mean to uh, make contact with the baseball runner. Stay put. And that brings up Paul Goldschmidt. As Woodruff yeah, Woodruff would end up getting uh, two strikes on Goldschmidt. And on two separate occasions, it looks like he had strike three on Goldschmidt. But the home plate umpire, Lance Barrett, did not ring Goldschmidt up. Eventually, Goldschmidt would uh, hit the ball. It was an out, but then as everybody was running off the field, we hear from Lance Barrett once again. He says catcher's interference, and that allows Goldschmidt to go to first. So the bases are loaded for Tyler O'Neill. a
0: pop-up shallow right Wong is out Wong still out gives way to Renfro and Renfro makes the catch and the Cardinals leave the bases loaded Woodruff puts up a zero despite all the frustration and Craig
2: Council quickly stopping Brandon Woodruff before he says anything else That arguably might have been the biggest pitch of the game. It keeps it a 2-0 lead for the Brewers. They would double that lead in the bottom of the inning. With one out, it's Christian Yelich at the plate. 0-2 coming back. And a line drive, deep
0: center field. Back Bader still back over his head and off the top of the fence. Yelich hustling for second. A slide and he's in. Second time in three days that he has bruised the center field fence.
2: Yeah, he's really swinging it well right now. Next hitter after that is Andrew McCutcheon. And a swing and a fly ball hit to center.
0: Bader back at the warning track at the wall. Jumps and caught it right in front of the fence. Harrison Bader may not have brought it back into the ballpark. But certainly, Andrew McCutcheon giving it a ride to the deepest part of the ballpark and straightaway center. Missed it by a
2: grain. Just barely missed it, so uh, that is an out. The second out of the inning, then Rowdy Tellez walks, so a couple on for Hunter Renfro. The 1-1.
0: Curveball lined in the left of base hit. They're going to send Yelich. Here's the throw from Tyler O'Neill. It's cut off. RBI
2: single, Hunter Renfro, 3-0 Brewers. Rowdy Telez goes to second on that play, and it brings up Omar Narvaez. Wainwright throws home. Curveball lined in the left. That's down a base hit.
0: Telez is going to come around and score. Streaking for third is Hunter Renfro. He is in. Narvaez is into second. It's an RBI double, 4 nothing
2: Brewers. And that is more than Brandon Woodruff needed, as Woodruff would end up throwing five scoreless innings before the Brewers would go to the bullpen. Trevor Gott would come into uh, the game in the sixth inning. In the Brewers' uh, sixth inning, they would add to their lead. Jace Peterson would walk with one out. He then steals a second base with Colton Wong standing in.
1: Yadier Molina. Setting up, down, low, and inside. Soft little jam job, fly ball to center. Get down, ball. Peterson's going to try to score, and he will. On a soft little line drive off the bat of Colton Long.
2: Nice performance from uh, Trevor Gott. He would be replaced in the eighth inning by Jandel Gustave. And the first batter that Gustave faces off against is Tommy Edmund. New sign for Gustave. Here he comes.
1: Swinging. Fly ball hit to right center and deep. Warning crack looking up and Kane watches this one ride out of here. Tommy Edmund has put the Cardinals on the board with a leadoff home run here in the 8th inning.
2: So the Cardinals avoid being shut out. That would be their only run. Gustave would finish off the eighth. He's back out there in the ninth inning. Gets Nolan Arnato to pop out. Albert Pujols to a ground out. And it brings up Paul DeYoung. The pitch.
1: Stalk him out swinging. And this one is over. ASAP strikeout for Yandel Gustave. And the Brewers take game one on the homestand. Opening day here in... Milwaukee final,
2: Brewers five, Cardinals one. With the win, the Brewers go to a four and three. The Cardinals drop to three and two, winning totals for Milwaukee. Five runs, nine hits, two errors. They leave seven for the Cardinals. One run, five hits, no errors. They leave five. Winning pitcher Woodruff, he is one and one. The loss goes to Adam Wainwright. He drops to a one and one. Home runs in the game. Omar Nervaez hitting his first of the year, while Tommy Edmond hits his second for St. Louis. The game lasting three hours and four minutes played in front of a sellout crowd of 42,794 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers get the 5-1 win over the St. Louis Cardinals today. We'll take a break, come back, and wrap up the program, previewing tomorrow's Game 2 of the series. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 5-1, Brewers get the win over the Cardinals. One other thing I wanted to mention before we get out of here, I meant to talk about this earlier. This was also an important game for the Brewers to get a somewhat sizable lead, and they did that up 5 nothing, eventually winning 5-1 because of the bullpen availability. We know for 100% sure that Devin Williams was not available. I don't think we were going to see Josh Hader or Brad Boxberger almost no matter what the situation was going to be. So this was one of those games where it was that much more important to make sure that you had a little bit more of a lead going into the late innings because your high-leverage guys were not available. Uh, Gott and Gustave came in. They did what they were supposed to do. They gave you two innings each. Uh, Gustave gives up the run, but nothing more than that. But getting out to a multiple-run lead when you don't have your high-leverage guys available, that was an important part of the way this game went down today. All right, let's take a look at what else is going on around the National League Central. The Cubs and Rockies are matched up in Denver tonight. A couple teams that I would say are surprising. The Cubs have been surprising the way they've started out in the first week of the season, even though they're just 3-2. and two. I think they've played better than teams would uh, that we thought they then maybe they'll play the Colorado Rockies at 4-1 and one might be the biggest surprise in baseball in the first week of the season. Well, so far, it is uh, the Cubs leading by a 3 nothing score. That game is in the top of the fifth inning. Justin Steele pitching for the Cubs. He's gone four innings so far, giving up just four hits, four strikeouts, and one walk. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they're trying to get back to five hundred. They are at home this evening as they match up against the Washington Nationals and the Pirates have a 9-4 lead. That game is in the bottom of the eighth inning. Old friend Daniel Vogelback he hits his first home run of the season. Brian Reynolds has uh, gone deep as well uh, for the Buccos. Ben Gamble has an RBI in that game. JT Brubaker got the start, went 4-3, and, allow, four and a third, allowing four runs on five hits. But the Pirates' bullpen has come in and done a pretty nice job as they lead the Nationals by that 9-4 score. And then later on this evening, the Reds and the Dodgers are going to match up against each other in Los Angeles. Luis Suss is going to get the start for the Reds. It'll be Walker Buehler getting the start for the Dodgers. As far as what has happened and what is happening across the Brewers minor league system, we'll start with uh, Loway, Carolina. They're playing at Fredericksburg. Carolina looks like they, uh, in all likelihood, will get to 5-1 and one if they can hold a one-run lead in the bottom of the ninth inning. They lead right now by a 6-5 score in that final frame. Uh, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers have of the uh, no, they not the day off. Excuse me, uh, they're actually playing a doubleheader at Beloit. They lead the first game by a four-two score. That game is in the bottom of the fifth inning. Um, and actually, that's the second game. The first game, they won by a one nothing score. So Wisconsin sitting with a record of 4-1. and Double-A Biloxi, they lead Mississippi 8-1. That game in the top of the eighth inning. And then Triple-A uh, Nashville, they lead at Gwinnett 5-4. That game is currently in the bottom of the ninth inning. Gwinnett does have the tying run on. Brewers and Cardinals play game two of this four-game series coming up tomorrow night. The pitching matchup, Freddie Peralta goes for the crew. Miles Michaelis will get the start for St. Louis. A 7 10 first pitch. That means uh, the network coverage will begin at 6.35. I'll have you for Brewers warm-up. That is set to begin at 6 o'clock, and then I'll talk to you again tomorrow night after the game for Brewers Extra, Journeys here on WTMJ.